Welcome to a new episode of Empathy Always Wins. My name is Ali Salama. And today, I'm really happy. I'm really happy that we're finally starting to see a change in mental health when it comes to leadership. And uh, I think that this show is all about sharing this experience with really cool people that I bump into on a day-to-day basis. Um, A quick shout out, today we're actually going to Dubai Police to discuss mental health um, for a suicide awareness workshop. Now, Dubai Police is doing an incredible job to be able to tackle the epidemic that is mental health challenges and illnesses. So before we dive deeper into today's episode, guys, I want to say thank you so much for supporting the show. I know sometimes I do fall short in not publishing it the right time and the exact date but i'm doing my best it's it is getting a little bit busier and having you guys stand uh, by our side and supporting is the most important thing so thank you once again today we have two incredible guests that run seriously one of the most impressive communities that i've seen in my life the community is called tether and it is literally a online men's peer-to-peer supports community and it literally basically serves anyone who identifies as a man to connect with other men who get it who aren't scared to talk about mental health who do have similar crisis because you know that men really 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 including myself back in the day found it very hard to just say i wasn't okay and just admit that that doesn't take away any of my masculinity in fact it makes me more strong and makes me more powerful that i can speak about how i feel and yet still be uh, the ali that i am and not see myself any less and i think that is super psychologically wired in men and who more can we get to actually ace this episode talk about how we can change that narrative than the two that really are on the front lines working day and night on making that community a success. This is the world's first online peer-to-peer support community connecting men for open and honest conversations about life. And I am honored to be welcoming exclusively on Empathy Always Wins, Matt Serker and Addison Brazil. Let's dive deep into a conversation with the co-founders of Tether. Matt and Addison, thank you so much for joining Empathy Always Wins, the world's uh, mental health and leadership show. And I think that when we speak on mental health and when we speak on men and leadership, um, I I couldn't be more honored to have you guys on board because I I genuinely really appreciate what you have done and what you're continuing to do. And and, and a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit about Tether for those that don't know. Um, Actually, I'll leave it to you guys. So, Matt or Addison, feel free to take the floor and talk a little bit about maybe Tether, where it started, and uh, what is it really tackling when we speak on men's mental health? Because I do know that uh, it is super unique in what it's doing and the community it's creating. But if we can perhaps dive a little bit deeper for our audience to kind of understand a little bit more on what the problem is and how we're going to or how we are tackling it at the moment. 
Yeah, so I'll, I'll happily jump in to uh, to give you a bit of the origin story and, you know, why we built this and, uh, you know, the problem that we think that we're, we're solving. Um, so first off, Ali, thank you so much for, for having us. Obviously, you know, uh, I, I love what you're doing. I love what you're building. You know, I care a lot about you uh, as a person. So it's exciting to be able to finally be on Empathy Always Wins. Uh, I'm wondering, like, what took you so long to invite me, man? No, I'm kidding. Nah. Um, <laughs> Don't make me blush. Uh, uh, so, but yeah, so I mean, uh, I mean, Tether is a peer-enabled mental health and well-being platform for anyone that identifies uh, as a man. Uh, we provide a safe barrier-free space where, where men can connect with each other. Uh, they can, you know, uh, speak openly about support and get the support that they need and then engage in peer programming that helps them find more purpose and meaning in their lives. So uh, what we want to build is... Uh, I mean, primarily, it's a, it's a platform that uh, destigmatizes struggle in men, and uh, I think so many of us grow up, uh, and, and this is, I think, pretty ubiquitous across the world. But there's this narrative in society that men shouldn't struggle, right? That we need to have it all together, that we need to be this force of nature, that we need to be able to solve our own problems, uh, and that any sign of struggle is actually an indication that somehow we're not measuring up as men. We're not getting our man, man card stamped. Uh, and that's really, really problematic because if you have an entire group of people that feel like struggling makes them less of a human being, what ends up happening is they hide it. Uh, and we know that men have much higher incidences of uh, drug and alcohol addiction. Uh, and I think it's very much directly related to this feeling like they can't speak openly about their struggles. And then if you look uh, at the suicide statistics, about 75% of the suicide suicides uh, committed are committed by men. Um, and where this came from was my own personal struggle. Uh, you know, I, I've dealt with mental health issues my entire life. Um, I, I, I guess the, the big turning point for me uh, in my own life was in 2018, when one of my best friends very suddenly passed away. And he was one of those guys uh, that I could speak to, you know, we could chat and, and have the conversation uh, about, you know, sports or what was going on in our lives. But then we could also go deeper uh, and talk about how we were really feeling. And when I lost that, um, I went to a really dark place. I ended up having to go on mental health leave uh, from work. I was working, a, you know, a very well-paying job uh, in finance in the hedge fund industry at the time. Um, and I tried therapy, medication, uh, basically everything under the sun. Uh, but I, I just I could get past this 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 depression this feeling this anxiety uh, I was bedridden some days uh, and it wasn't until I found a, a men's group and I was fortunate and blessed enough to find a men's group that things actually started to shift for me and what what I realized was it was the first time in my life I actually felt safe with a group of men sharing openly about what I was struggling with and, and they were able to reflect that back to me and let me know that they didn't think any less of me because of what I was going through. Um, and, and then there was, you know, uh, in April, 2019, I ended up going on a retreat down in the U S a men's retreat to kind of go deeper into the work. Uh, I, I had, I guess on that retreat, I had what could only be called a spiritual experience of some sort. I, I felt like a profound shift in myself and, and I ended up coming back from that retreat on a Monday and quitting my job uh, on the Wednesday and and you know in some way shape or form I've been building Tether ever since and uh, I'll let Addison talk about how he came to the project but really uh, the primary goal of Tether is to let any anyone that identifies as a man know that struggling doesn't make you any less of a man uh, it just makes you human. Absolutely yeah no Addison I'd love I'd love for you to jump in and uh, 
First of all, Matt, I really, 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 really appreciate the fact that you said, you know, many people listening to the to the show don't perhaps haven't been exposed to safety within men's circles and or men's re relationship with men. And I feel like the word safe typically isn't used when we speak of our friends or of male other male acquaintances. So um, oftentimes I feel like it's the missing link. And when you, when you, when you said it, it just hit a nerve. So thank you so much, man. Absolutely. And I love when um, I get to do these with Matt because I get to just fill in the blanks uh, rather than do the full story. Um, thanks for having us. And um, I guess where, where I fit into, you know, the, the way that Matt just um, told the story is, uh, Matt and I went to high school together, and um, after high school, I I lost my brother to cancer uh, after my first year of college, and then um, a few years later, I found my dad after his suicide, and sort of much like Matt, trying to sort of make sense of my experience and and just trying to feel good and and thrive and not feel like I was like in this survival mode constantly. I was in in this path of kind of going to the ends of the earth to find ways to feel connected and, and to kind of like achieve actual well-being, not like Instagram hashtag well-being, but but actual well-being like I wanted to be here. Because, um, you know, everyone seemed to be achieving the Instagram version, uh, especially at the time. And, um, you know, after losing my dad and my brother, I had compounded uh, PTSD and compounded grief and and a lot came with that. And um, I sort of really did get to that place. I, you know, I went on this, this wild journey of discovery and, and sort of on the cusp of that. Um, and, and in sort of in the process of celebrating that, I got into a really bad accident here in LA and uh, it killed one of my dearest friends and left me uh, relearning to walk. I was in the hospital for a month. And at that point in my life, it was just kind of like starting completely over. I was just I, I always say this, but I felt like it was like you were trying to run Mac on a Windows program. It just it didn't make sense anymore. And I, I couldn't compute like sort of what I had been through all through 30 years old. And it was sort of during that time that um, I reconnected with Matt. Uh, he had posted a status um, on Facebook about what he was going through in terms of grieving his friend and his mental health. And um, I just kind of took a shot and, and reached out to him and you know said, I feel like I get what you're talking about. And you know, if you want to talk, um, I'm down. And he did. And we sort of formed this really cool peer relationship where we were both getting coached and going to therapy and sort of like exploring every possibility when it came to our well-being. Um, but we, we got to be there for each other and we got to sort of connect and, and there was no hierarchy in it. We were just like equals and two men sharing. And like, we kind of created this really safe space. And looking back now in retrospect, we see how much of sort of a beta that was for what what the guys on Tether get to have. Um, and um, yeah, we I came on, um, you know, Matt, Matt came up with the idea of Tether. And, and when he did, you know, it really allowed me to look back. And I, I feel like whenever I speak about my story, obviously, the hard points are, are pain, the pain points are very difficult. Uh, but in between that, there's a lot of gratitude and a lot of a lot of support. I always say I feel like I'm one of the most supportive people I've ever met. And when Matt came up with Tether, it kind of really clicked for me. It's like, you know, I was in this place where I couldn't understand why I was here and how I had survived. And and it was like, oh, community, right? Yeah, like that was always the glue in between 
all the appointments and, you know, the funerals and, and just the therapy and everything that I was doing was this, this support system that I had. And, and so when, you know, he really sparked something in me. And then when he came back and was serious about it, I mean, when someone quits their, their hedge fund job and puts us up for sale, you know, they're all in. And, um, I, um, I just really admired how, how Matt showed up to it. And, and it started with, I thought it was just going to champion him and sort of connect in any way that I could. And, an hour turned into a day and a day turned into a week. And I've been sort of building the brand and impact side as a co-founder of Tether uh, since May. It was kind of my my COVID pivot. No, and until today, I'm, I mean, I'm so proud of, of him and I'm so proud of what you guys are doing. I think that it takes a whole lot of masculine energy, like true, real masculine energy to to show up that way. You know, it's, I feel like, at times we we don't really understand masculinity because um, because of the way it's been shaped and the way we've been programmed and and I I do relate a lot you know uh, in terms of um, of course uh, grief is the common theme that I'm hearing and that I'm feeling with your stories and um, men and women but men mainly don't really understand how to process grief when responsibility and you know those traditional roles were set to um don't really allow for that time to grieve when uh, when truly that is uh, that is a safe space that ne- is is needed for men and i think that everything makes sense with what you guys are saying and they're they're they're, they're definitely uh, needs to be awareness within, you know, the, the male gender. But I think um, maybe if I can shape it or twist it a little bit, um, uh, I know Tether is is now an app and I know it, it, it serves to, it serves to a community. And that community mm-hmm. is about forming better, more meaningful bonds and relationships. Um, do you see what were your challenges starting out? I mean, I'm someone that as I'm hearing Addison's story and as I'm hearing Matt, uh, you know, I'm touched and, and I'm deeply touched, but sometimes I feel like it's hard for me to take action to join a support group because it's just like, it's, it's a risk and I don't want to be vulnerable. And I need it. I know I need it. I know I need help, but it's just so damn hard to, to ask for help as a guy. Like how, how do you, how do you break that chasm? Like, how do you, how, how do you cross that chasm? Mm-hmm. Well, I actually, I, I, I kind of want to like turn this back around and, and ask you, um, like when you say that you, you don't want to reach out for help and you don't want to, you know, be vulnerable in that community setting, like what's coming up for you? Um, I feel like when I, when I, I, when I feel that way, I feel like I, it, the feeling of not feeling that comfortable showing and being vulnerable. But I know mm. that, that for example, when I feel that way, I know who to go to in my support system to like, I've created that support system, but I do know mm. from, you know, the thousands of people that, that, that followed my social media and the hundreds of DMS that I get, not a lot of people feel that, you know what I mean? Not a lot of people understand this, that the power of support systems. So when I joined tether, I felt like it was very, very, very interesting to see men be that vulnerable and share that openly 
but knowing my background and knowing the audience listening here from the Middle East, I feel that that's a very different feeling, a feeling that may be very uncomfortable. Hence, perhaps from a, from a, from, from a perspective of entering a, a, a new sort of community, a community that isn't very susceptible or comfortable to, to that change, how do you tackle that? That is a cultural shift that I feel that is significant that you're tackling. And I feel like it's very, very, very interesting to, to, to be able to get your answer because in workplace settings, highly dominated male settings here, we can take that DNA and, and also incorporate that. Mm -hmm. I, I, I want to, I'll only, I want to answer briefly and I want to give Addison some time to also answer what he's learned going through this process as well. Um, but what I, what I think is really interesting is that when you, when you make the intention of uh, a community and, and you explicitly put it out there and you say, this is a safe space for you to be able to share what is going on. Um, and then you model that behavior of what it means to actually be a peer supporter that shows up for the other people in your life. I think when you do that, um, what ends up happening is that that um, that nature and that culture can then start to ripple through the community. So I think what we learned really uh, was that it had to start with the two of us, right? Primarily, we had to model that behavior. We had to be active in the community. We had to be showing up for the men in the community in the way that we wanted them to then show up for the guys that were going to come uh, behind. And so, um, you know, I think <clears throat> what's really interesting is there's all of these spaces online potentially where men can actually go uh, and find community um, but they're there's sort of a hodgepodge they're in all of these different places uh, there's not necessarily the the container that is created with the explicit rules and and the the statement of why we're there so one of the things that we do is we actually have uh, all the people that sign up for our app sign an oath right saying this is what we stand for this is why you're here and and by clicking this you are agreeing to the oaths uh to the oath that you're taking and also you're agreeing to the community guidelines that we have and and we've had very little trouble actually uh with men um you know i guess behaving in ways that you know we would consider disruptive to the community um we've only had one person report someone ever and it was actually more out of concern for that individual than it was because of anything that anybody said um so i think what's really interesting is that um what's really interesting is that if you set the framework and you set the intention and you create that container um you know uh I think I think men are are so you know craving these types of like emotionally connected real relationships that way with each other that when you start to all opt in and you start to say yes we're all here for the for the same reason a lot of the culture stuff actually starts to take care of itself now obviously there's going to be different challenges as we grow and build at scale uh, but I think so much of it is the uh, the intentional nature of it and that that modeling behavior. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll, I'll hop in on that. I, I guess the, you know, the question is always like, how do you create a safe space, especially for, for people not known to like kind of show up in one. And, and I think what we've learned again and again is the way you create it is you show up fully in it first. You know, it was imperative, like Matt said, that we were 
active parts of this community. And we're exhibiting vulnerability and courage at the same level in sort of the arena that Tether is as other men, you know? And I think what I learned both, you know, by speaking to men and and sort of being on the app daily is it revealed something in me too about the way I looked at my journey. But, and this has sort of become like my tagline, but how many men approach mental health as if it's a problem that needs to be fixed rather than a way of being and something that you just get to honor. It's just a daily relationship with what's actually happening in your life. It's not a problem that you know, we fix and then we never have to talk about again, right? It's like, it's the same as physical health or any other type of health where it's an ongoing relationship. And, um, you know, and that's what, what's really cool about Tether is if you stick to that idea of honoring the journey sort of on a daily basis, you know, it's not just somewhere where people come when they're sad or upset. There's a lot of celebrating that goes on in there too, because you're honoring every part of that journey. Like that's a full mental health experience. Mental health doesn't, you know, stick to just bad days or when things are negative or when you don't feel well mentally. Um, you know, when you're in your mental health, you're also celebrating and thriving and, and, and doing well as well. Yeah, I think that is the biggest golden nugget right there is this word mental health almost is repulsive to, well, not to people like us because we are in it and we kind of see the, 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 the entire spectrum but there seems to be a magnifying glass on one area of the spectrum. And that seems to be taking a lot of the attention on the word mental health. And I think that, you know, um, circling back to also Matt's point around um, community and, and, and showing up in terms of, uh, I, you know, when I was at Matt's place at, in Toronto, watching the Raptors, I, I remember he told me he had a men's, uh, a men's, men's support group that he was doing every, I think it was Wednesdays. Right. And uh, I think that, you know, I've never, the only time I've ever been in a support group was in a setting uh, that wasn't gendered. So even though I have been on Tether, I've never actually been in a Zoom or been in a physical space around men. I think the last time was in my sports setting, but that was in mental health. That was the farthest that, that could be from mental health because I never learned what I learned from uh, well, in sports, what I learned today, and it was through uh, a, a, str a struggle. And, and and I think that we don't have to be um, we. I, I think we don't have to break to 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 fix ourselves. And in, in the same way that you said, Addison, I think that uh, you know it is a a mindset. But but I also love how you guys communicate tether. Um, uh, just online and in general. I maybe my maybe my question here. Or my comment here is, how have you, how do you see Tether um, being uh, a sustainable force for good for men around the world, especially those that um, do need it but don't have access to support? So um, yeah, I'll. Sorry, my, my mic was muted there for a second. Um, <laughs> Got to unmute yourself before you speak. Um, what what I think, and you know, uh, I'd also love to hear um, you know what Addison has to say about it. I think you know, for us, uh, it's not just about providing a platform that's engaging and that provides men with the support um, they need, but then it's also um, advocating. Uh, and 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 you know empowering men to 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 know that you know sharing in vulnerability is not a sign of weakness. 
Um, and so, you know, we've come up with like kind of a, a you know, a couple things and the way that we frame things and, you know, Addison's uh, campaign that he designed uh, called We Fuck With Feelings, I think is a perfect example of that sort yeah, of advocacy. Yeah, of, we do. <laughs> exactly. Right. And it, it's like, it's play, which, which is cool. Like it's, it's playful, it's empowering, but it's like, it's also one of those things. It's like, yeah, I can be one of those guys that fucks with his feelings and it, it's not a bad thing, right? It's, yeah. it's an ongoing relationship. Um, and so I, I think that, I love you know, that it's not need... politically correct too, because mental health isn't politically correct. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> you don't politically yeah. correct your feelings. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's like, you know, but it, it, it like, it has that impact, right? Yeah. It's like, it, Absolutely. you know, much like, you know, fuck, fuck cancer did that and did it super effectively. Um, it, it has that, it has that gut punch to you. And so I think, you know, not only do we need to provide a platform uh, and a service uh, to the people that we serve, our community members, that is valuable and meaningful and provides them with, with what they need. But then, you know, we also need to partner with individuals like yourself, Ali, uh, with other people that are speaking openly uh, about their struggles. You know, uh, male athletes are, are, I think, a really important a really important part of this because I think so many men look up to them and if they can lead with vulnerability, uh, that's a huge piece. And, you know, we've seen that with like Michael Phelps, DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Love. Uh, there's a number of these athletes who are, who are really stepping up uh, and, and being advocates around mental health. And there's so many more that, uh, you know, I'm not mentioning because it, they're just not coming to my head. Um, but I think it's, it's really in that, um, it's really in that uh, in not only the, the the product side of things, but then the advocacy, right? And and the awareness piece. And I think so much of what we do is building awareness uh, because so many men, you know, just sort of come to us and say, like, I, I didn't even know that I was like allowed to do this. I I've never even like learned how I feel. Like, you know, I, I had to go search, you know, emotions on the internet because like I, I just I couldn't identify how I was feeling. Right. And, wow. and that's a common refrain. So it's like giving men the permission. I think this is, you know, permission and safety are kind of very interesting concepts that play with each other. Right. Most men don't even know that it's okay to begin that journey. Right. And so by actually, you know, by giving them permission to start the journey and giving them permission to feel, giving them permission to reach out, you can sort of un you you can crack open this this space for them that they didn't even know was possible, uh, and it gives them this feeling of humanity that that they didn't have before. I think so much of the the issue for men is that they don't feel like you know they don't feel like they can share their emotions, and therefore if you if you can't share your emotions, you're lacking this this feeling of being human. Right. And so there's this humanness that starts to like emanate once you're actually given that permission to, to, to really open up. And so by making people feel more human, more normal, and it's like, wow, I can express this and it's OK. It's not a big deal. I think that's such a huge, uh, a huge part of it. Yeah. I think man, what you're saying is just that the, the, the point around permission Imagine if you don't have permission to do something when you're a little kid and and when you do it behind your mom's back, you get punished for it and, and it becomes a toxic. I think that is just, you're summing up the dilemma around toxic masculinity within the realm of not being able to be fully vulnerable because of the lack of permission. And at the end of the day, it's it's just ignorance because we don't know that we can give ourselves permission. But Addison, I definitely, definitely, definitely want uh, to hear around like, 
perhaps your thoughts on on that as well i sorry sorry that i took the the mic here it's just it really hit a nerve in me because i see men all the time here and i'm like dude like loosen the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) well and i think i think that's just it right it's it's creating the opportunity and trying to remove the barriers that get in the way of really showing up to that opportunity and you know to answer your question earlier you know that the long-term sustainability i think that that really does depend on on sort of the individual sustainability practices of every man that shows up in a community, right? And that's one thing that when Matt and I speak, we always talk about peer support. You know, it's not just um, you know same same uh, same application as earlier. It's not about showing up to fix other people, right? It's about honoring the journey with them and, and showing up to them. And peer support, um, although you're showing up for each other, it's a very balanced and boundary driven experience. And at any point, either person can be supported or um, provide support. And so that's sort of like maintaining this ecosystem where there's no hierarchy and everyone's kind of approaching it equally. And they feel that at any moment, they can not only give support, but get support. I think that's that's a big part of the overall sustainability of the community and sort of what, what really drives it in the engine of that. And we're learning so quickly that that even like that, I think that we're learning really quickly and I'll, and I'll say it and I know it's different in different parts of the world, but I think that there is there is a definite willingness and a lot of a lot of people that are are ready and able to sort of recreate what masculinity is. Uh, I think there's there's a much more conscious masculinity and, and we've we're really a part of that curve. And, you know, when we started this thing going on podcasts and and talking to people, it, it kind of felt like us two coming on and and inviting everybody else. But, you know, as of today, I think, you know, when, when I did the one word check-ins this morning, it, it's it's us and 3000 guys along the world now inviting other men. You know, it, it's a, we're in a totally different place now. And we've really gotten to be a part of this sort of culture of coming together over the last year. And you see how, how cool it is to like have this balance where it is men learning experientially how to show up for each other and kind of picking up education in pods and groups and in pairs and, and how much, how much they respond to that. And I think that that's really the seed of of our growth is just this, that there is this willingness to challenge. And I know that we we have on our website and we talk about all the time that 93% of men don't agree with what the definition of masculinity is anyway. So in a way, research wise, we knew going in, we already had that, you know, it was just about now really bringing it out into the real world and allowing people to experience it and to, you know, how powerful and masculine does it feel to like deal with your emotions on a daily basis and, you know, speak about what you're feeling. Like it it feels much more powerful than suppressing and appearing strong. Right. And so every day and every download, I feel like we get closer and closer to this kind of bigger shift of, of realizing that, like where does true strength come from? Um, And uh, it's just been, it's been really cool to see that. And, you know, I hoped for that, a year ago, but now I can honestly say, like from what I witness every day, it's definitely there and it's definitely happening. And you know, it's it's not this sort of new app anymore in the sense of like, let's see with 10 other guys if this thing works. It's hey, come join this this community that's like stretching across the world and you know, that that men of all backgrounds and you know 
races, sexuality, age. I mean, like it's just friendships form that, that, you know, you might not have thought would ever form on the app. And it's just been really cool to watch. And it's really cool to show up, you know, almost a year later and just invite people into that, that it already exists. Yeah. No, I, I think the term you used conscious masculinity is, is seriously, um, the, the it hits it hits the jackpot here because I think it it is what we need in in terms of understanding what it really means to be masculine versus um, labeling yourself as masculine or having that as an attribute especially within peak performance circles and that my friend is like super 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 challenging me being a, you know a top athlete myself and me understanding what top athletes go through speaking to uh, you know having done sports mental which is the middle east sports mental health conference so it's it's a challenge it's a, it's a, but but we're getting there and i think with those conversations especially with how you guys showed up today um sharing and and, and being uh, you know being models of what you seriously are building i think that is is enough because uh for someone who maybe is listening for someone who maybe is going through a time where they feel a bit you know by themselves uh, i did try it and i i'm one of the people who does vouch for it and that's why i really got wanted to, to have you guys on the show and um i'd love to love love to be a part of of it moving forward always you know uh, me and matt do share a, and i'd love to get to know you more addison as well um uh, but on that note, I definitely will open the floor for any comments and uh, really, really, really can't wait to see you guys uh, shoot higher and higher and higher. When New, York, when New York Times covered it, when everything covered it, I was just so, 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 so enamored by the fact that this is finally getting the attention and has long deserved, long overdue. Thank you. And, and I, I wanted, as you were talking about the, you know, I mean, we talk about like vulnerability and um, we talk about, um, you know, the need for this. And, and I just like, you know, for, for guys that may be skeptical, um, I, I want to talk to them specifically right now. And for guys that say, you know, I, I can't do that or, you know, you know, I, I I don't, I don't want to be vulnerable like that, you know, uh, that scares me, or maybe it's not even that scares me, but that isn't manly. And I think, you know, I want to clarify that it's like, you know, when you're vulnerable, it, it, it actually, there's this interesting dynamic that happens because I think it, this idea of conscious masculinity or like positive masculinity, um, it means that you can have a, a soft front, which means that you can be empathetic, vulnerable, open, all of these things. But it doesn't mean that you can't have a strong back, right? And so what what I, I want to say to men that may be skeptical of this is that, you know, strength and vulnerability are not two separate things. They're actually very much intertwined. And so, you know, the the man that I want to see in the world is the man with the strong, with the soft front, but the strong back, right? Is that he, he can be vulnerable. He can invite in other people. He can hold space uh, for anybody in his life, but you also can't push him over, right? Like just because I'm vulnerable and open does not mean that I'm a pushover and doesn't mean uh, that, you know, that you can take advantage of me or anything like that. 
And in fact, being connected and tied to my emotions and knowing what I am worth has actually strengthened me in so many ways because I do know what I'm worth. I do know that I am valuable and I'm actually more willing to take a stand for myself now than I ever have been in my entire life. And so that vulnerability and that getting touch with, you know, getting in touch with your emotions and really digging deep because I think so much of you know, the protective shell that we put out is really just covering up for this feeling that's below the surface where it's like, we just, we don't feel like we're, we're worth it. We don't feel like we're enough. We don't feel like we're any of those things. And when you can really start to dig into that and you discover your own worth beyond this facade of masculinity, what's really interesting is that you actually start to stand taller. You start to strengthen, you start standing up for yourself more. You start not, um, how do you put this? I guess you start not putting up with the things that you used to put up with because you know that you don't deserve them anymore. So I, I really want to like make that point. It's that it's a soft front, but you can still have a strong back. Right. And, and some of the manliest men that I know are men that are deeply engaged in this work and, and, you know, are, you know, I, I revere them. I respect them. Um, and so I just wanted to make that small, that small point. Yeah, and I honor them 100%. I think using Addison's word, I, I, I do really want to, you know, second that, Matt. Um, you know, I in my work, especially here in the Middle East around mental health, a lot of, I'm exposed to a lot of women. And, uh, you know, when you so, speak about masculinity and all the facade, like the facade that we hide under uh, that term, it's technically, well, for many cases to impress women, right? It's to appear a certain way so that we can be that way. But it's funny because here I am speaking to women about mental health and being super exposed to all ranges of women of all ages. And they say the same thing that you've just said right now. So um, if we would even twist that on, on its back, if you would like an in, a much deeper intimate relationship with your women partner if you are that masculine person that wants to always look like you have it together it actually comes by understanding your emotions because they only feel safer and uh, you know women at least that have spoken to me have said that and they've they've they often asked well why aren't men doing that and i think that it goes back to the notion that you've said matt which is the permission so i think we've covered permission we've covered you know conscious masculinity but We've also covered um, strength and vulnerability. And uh, to me, those three key pillars represent Tether. And uh, I, I couldn't be more honored to call you guys my brothers. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much you. Man, for having us. Yeah. If you guys haven't downloaded Tether, please go download it. I am on there and it is a great, safe community that we all check in with each other. You don't have to perhaps post but you can comment you can engage and you can see how people are doing around the world you're not alone you really aren't no matter what you think um, and no matter how you feel that's the most beautiful thing is that seriously no matter how things can be going sideways you know financial intimate relationships trust any of those problems that we find that sort of just ah make us feel that life is so heavy and tough You'll find someone else talking about it and you'll feel brave and you'll feel courageous and that's how you build resilience and you just feel that you're not by yourself. So shout out to Matt and, uh, and Addison. You guys are doing an incredible job. You guys are my brothers, um, well beyond the scope of work. I admire and honor what you're doing. 
If you guys enjoyed this episode, please give it a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Share it with your friends and uh, send me a DM. Um, we're now refurbishing the at Empathy Always Wins Instagram. So if we don't post on it, you know, for the time being, unless you're listening to this in 2021, 2022, I know maybe it gets 100 million listens sometime in the future. I don't know. I'm joking, guys, but no. <laughs> what am I saying, Ali? Just wake up. Don't live in futuristic world. Anyways, guys, please feel free to catch up with us. We are live every Tuesday and every Thursday at 4 p.m. Dubai time, which is what? 6 a.m. No, that is uh, 7 a.m. EST. That is right, Ali. That is 7 a.m. EST. So make sure to check us out every Tuesdays and Thursdays and follow us on Instagram. And we will shortly be also on LinkedIn to make sure that the CEOs and the C-level executives and working professionals also get to listen to Empathy Always Wins because I really don't think that, you know, this is too sensitive for work. I mean, you know, work from home has created a little bit more of an open space where you know you can then find your baby crying your dog barking i think we're now getting used to being vulnerable because we have to because covid i think i like covid from that sense not really the other way but anyways guys thank you so much for catching us this week on empathy always wins tether is there matt zerker addison brazil at them on linkedin connect with them they are amazing guys and um they're always looking to grow so Thank you so much for tuning in this episode this week. And I'm, I'm really excited because we've got a lot of new stuff happening in February. And I can't wait to, to keep you in the loop. So I'll leave you with this note. In life and in business, empathy always, it always wins.